Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Um, over, over a portion of the people, the people we spoke to have been searching for over a year for a role, which is a very long time. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma and guess what? I'm a radio journalist and I've teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah's a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em, what an awesome intro that was. It's official. Mic drop. It's official. Well, you know, I still am technically a third-year journalism student. I have about three weeks to go, but we're just, you know, that's gone out. I'm a radio journalist. I'm a top doggy. I've made it. <laughs> You've been on the air Intro already. officially changed. Yep. Um, awesome. So this week's Shoot Your Shot shout-out goes to Heidi. Um, she found our podcast just in the nick of time um, when she had an interview booked in and she listened to our episode, The Best Way to Prepare for a Job Interview, um, which was in the car on the way home. Um, and she really loved hearing us discuss the response to the weakness question um, and loved our suggestions for asking, asking questions at the end about the company culture and things like that. Um, so she got a call back to um, ask her in for a second interview four hours after the first oh one finished. God. So they loved her. She must That's have done impressive. so well, right? Second interview will be with the business owners, so kind of like second stage. Um, so good luck with that, Heidi. I hope you absolutely nail the second one and congratulations on um, doing so well in the first. That is so bloody cool. If you liked one of our episodes, used a tip we sent you, or you want to request an episode specifically on your situation or industry, slide into our DMs. Mm. And if you have an interview coming up, don't forget you can check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about it at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. Did I say too many W's? Yeah, you did. It's meant to be. Just yeah, three it's W's. W-W. Just the it's normal amount of W's. W's. I just got excited. <laughs> anyway, the um, World Wide Web. Not- because, because we're global, we've got such a global listenership. Oh, um, if the time zones Mr. don't Worldwide. work for you, um, email us and let us know. Um, and I can try and squeeze you in somewhere around Sarah my work. will get up at the crack of dawn for you. Like, I, I we're really committed. will. We're I committed really to getting you the job. I'm not going to. we have to get up at Sarafat, we will. Yeah, I'm not going to look good in the morning. Business. But I will do it. International listeners might be like, what did Emma just say? Because I said sparafart. <laughs> That's Aussie slang for Early getting morning. up at the crack of, uh, crack of dawn. Yeah. Sparafart. <laughs> it's when the sparrow farts. It's a little bird. I don't know. What it, oh, I don't know. Just from? anyway. I don't know. But anyway, 
American listeners, start saying it. It'll catch on. (laughs) So this week, we have a very special guest joining us today, the CEO of Talent Rise, Karen Graham. Talent Rise is a charity committed to changing the lives of young people who've experienced barriers to employment by providing education, training, life skills, and opportunities to help them gain independence and purpose through meaningful work. Welcome, Karen. Thanks so much for being on today. Thank you very much for having me. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about Talent Rise and what you do? Yes, so Talent Rise is actually the charitable foundation sitting within Talent International, which is a big global tech recruitment um, business. And uh, Talent Rise has been around for about six years now. And the inception was really around um, recognising the challenge with youth unemployment um, and how a lot of young talent is actually going to waste. So really thinking about uh, as, as an organisation, a business in that uh, recruitment space, you know, it was kind of beholden on us to try and do something about that. So Talent Rise is really around um, providing life-changing opportunities um, for people with barriers to employment. We do that through education, training, um, opening doors um, and providing opportunities through working with our employer partners to give young, young people a break um, and a hand up. Yeah, awesome. I actually love that you're a part of a recruitment company because we've actually done an episode on recruitment agencies and what they do. And obviously, it's a it's a commercial model. Um, and if you're someone who has barriers to employment, um, a recruitment agency traditionally isn't someone who's going to be able to help you um, because you're also then going to come with a fee to that employer. Mm. Um, so I really love the idea of you know working on the other side of the coin. Um, in, on a not-for-profit basis to, to help those people um, in a different way. Um, so you recently held a day you called Rise Day and produced a report. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Rise Day, um, it was our first Rise Day this, this year, and um, the idea really is to take the, the, the whole of the global talent team um, and really give back for the day. So we um, actually sort of down tools as a wider business and on the day, um, we spoke to over 450 young people um, wow. who registered for the day and um, and really gave them advice around job seeking, CVs, um, sort of mentoring, mm-hmm. coaching, um, anything they really wanted some help with. And, and importantly, listen to them as well. There's a lot of young people yeah. um, struggling at the moment. So actually just listening and showing some empathy and then really just giving them, you know, some some coaching and support in areas that was really going to help them with their job search Um was kind of what the team did on the day. Mm. And it's recruiters who are, are in touch with employers and they really, you know, know what employers want, right? So it's mm. not as if you, you know, career coaches who aren't in the industry, they're people who know exactly, you know, what might help. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I think um, I, that's, the, that's the kind of great thing about it. It's a real, it's, it was actually kind of leveraging the skills that they're using every day um, mm. and bringing them to bear with, with people who perhaps really don't always have access to yeah. that knowledge and that skill to give them some really practical and helpful advice and and uh, you know through that as well just potentially you know um you know, recognize things they can do to kind of you know get a role with some of the businesses that we're talking to regularly as well mm. and what did the report findings show um well i think there were probably three key themes that emerged from it really um, the first one, I think, you know, is, is not a surprise that there, there really is a bit of a youth employment crisis. And there, yep. is a, there are a lot of young people who are really struggling. So um, over over a quarter of the people, young people we spoke to, have been searching for over a year for a role, which, of course, is a very long time 
in, yeah. a, in a young person's life. So there really are people who are really struggling to get that first break. Um, and I think for some of those people as well, it's uh, it's a little bit of a vicious circle. They're not always getting any feedback. So they're applying for lots of jobs, mm. um, but don't always get any feedback. So they're kind of not learning um, and they haven't got the support. So um, it's they're not quite sure how to move forward sometimes. Um, you know, what's what's going wrong? You know, is it is it the way they're searching for a job? Is it how they're putting together their CV? Um, you know, for those who get interviews and then don't hear back, you know, what's it's kind of the risk is, of course, a real lack of confidence then. Yeah, um, so that was a yeah. key theme. I think um, uh, another kind of key area that came out is, is really entry level roles um, are often not entry level. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we've talked about that before, how they're actually not really entry level at all, which can be really misleading and yeah, frustrating for these young people that are like, it's entry level. Why can't I even get an entry level job? Yes. Mm. And I think, you know, there's that sometimes, you know, one of the things we wanted to do with this report was was highlight some issues for employers as well. Sometimes it is about taking a chance. Um, For some of these young people, they just, you know, they've got fabulous competencies and um, you know, and potential, but actually just, you know, haven't got that kind of tick in the box around experience. So we really heard from young people how that is a struggle for them um, and just getting getting a chance to actually demonstrate the skill that they have got um, more broadly that they can bring to bear um, is really tough. And I guess, um, you know, the final thing was really actually, we, you know, we're obviously a, a talent international focus, particularly on digital and tech recruitment. It's in that space. And we actually discovered that, um, you know, the tech industry, there's a lot of young people really keen to reskill in tech. Yeah. Um, I think the young people we spoke to about over, over well, nearly 90% were kind of keen to see that as a great future and were keen to potentially reskill. Um, but funnily enough, the tech industry is one area where it's actually really hard to get an entry level role. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Because things move so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and because of that, people are looking for some kind of basic, you know, experience that people will build on. And it's and because things are moving quickly, perhaps you have less time to train people. You know, it's a kind of, it's a, it's yeah. a struggle. But then there's big skills shortages and, you know, mm-hmm. a huge fight for talent. So it's kind of ironic, really. Yes. Yeah. And that's what we're certainly in talent, you know, noticing them. there's a huge demand. There really is, you know, so much demand mm-hmm. for roles. And yet we seem to have this pool of people who are, you know, struggling to get in. Who would bring so much, you know, given, you know, their digital natives, you know, they're just, you know, everything about them is kind of geared up to think differently and would, you know, bring so much value. Um, so young people have been disproportionately affected um, in world unemployment numbers with, you know, layoffs with due to COVID um, over the past two years. And we're facing a bit of a youth unemployment crisis. What did you find were the main barriers to people actually, um, you know, getting getting a job or getting employed? Um, I think uh, the, the biggest barrier probably we heard was around this lack of experience um, just not feeling that they had something, um, you know, the hard experience that was some sometimes asked for. Um, and maybe, um, you know, perhaps not having the confidence to look at a, uh, a job ad and, and think about all the things they do bring to it. So I think for young people, um, you know, potentially they, de- they deselect themselves because they kind of think, well, I haven't got that experience um, and perhaps aren't looking at all the experience or relevant transferable skills yeah. they might have. Um, and what so do you always I, say to that? Yeah, shoot your shot. Even if you're a bit <laughs> underqualified, you just have to go for it because honestly, that's how I've got nearly all the jobs that I've had just by pure going for it and it works. Like, 
You've got to believe in yourself for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we discovered that, you know, that that is, um, you know, confidence is a challenge actually for some of, lot yeah. of the people we work with particularly. So it's a After little bit a of a year, I mean, that confidence, like yeah. that rejection yeah. really takes its toll. Yeah, it's also that catch-22 of, um, you know, you need experience, but how do you get experience when everyone wants experience? Like, mm. yeah, really tough. That first job is always the hardest one to get. Yeah. And that's what we say, you know, we try and talk to employers about employers about that you know just you know e- you know even giving a young person a sort of you know a paid internship you know it is mm. invaluable that because it gives them some currency when they're next at an interview it gives yeah. them some experience to talk to something um, to talk about yeah. yeah and did you find that there were any um common job search frustrations among the young people that you spoke to what was sort of the biggest thing that they were really struggling with I think um, the sense that they're applying for so many jobs um, and they just disappear mm. into the ether. Um, yeah. So yeah. this, um, you know, never getting any feedback um, and, and even, you know, when they've had interviews potentially still not having feedback uh, is really hard because they're sort of, yeah. you know, that leads to a lack of confidence, but it equally doesn't allow you to grow and learn. And yeah. What you might you do can't really move on. No, no. Yeah, and it's a hard problem because I've been on the other side of that, right, where you're an internal recruiter and, you know, the amount of requisitions you've got, the amount of open jobs you've got means that it's really hard to give that kind of feedback um, and to, to do that at scale. Um, and I saw something interest, interesting lately on LinkedIn, um, which is something that I'd actually kind of thought of doing um, previously when I was working on, you know, huge volumes of roles is – putting an option in your rejection email of saying, you know, if you're really struggling and you want, um, you know, a five-minute feedback session, book in a time with me. Um, because I have found that some people don't actually want to engage and they kind of know, oh, I wasn't really qualified for that job anyway, I'm just moving on. But there are some people who go, actually, I just, I really need to know what it was um, and I want to hear from this company because this was the one that I thought I was going to get or this was my dream job or whatever. And it then allows... Um, you know, for people who really want that feedback to do that. And you can kind of cap it in your calendar, right? You put an hour or so aside a week. So that's my challenge out there to recruiters is to think about whether you can do something like that so that it's scalable. You don't have to talk to everyone. You can't, in fact. Um, But it gives people who are really desperate for some feedback an option. Mm, I think that's a fabulous idea, Sarah. I think that's that's right because it's not for everybody. For some mm. people, and you can imagine for those people who've kind of been out there looking for six months to a year, you know, you, yeah. you really you really are craving something, you know, some guidance around what, you know, what you might be able to do differently um, and some tips or tricks on how you might have stood out more from the crowd or, uh, you know, what might be holding you back. Yeah. Um, and so you touched on it before, but um, Rise specialise in the tech industry, which is really fast growing and has a huge demand for skills. Um, but is it easy to start a career in tech? What are the some of the pathways in? I mean, interestingly, um, you know, for some of the young people we work with, that's kind of not where it starts. So I think one of the things mm. we always say is um, you learn something from any job you do. So um, for some yeah. of the young people that, uh, that we work with, they've perhaps, you know, worked in McDonald's or KFC and done a few years there. Mm. Um, you're looking to go into a, a, you know, an IT help desk or something and actually there's huge transferable skills that they've actually got yeah. um, around customer service, um, you know, sort of attention to detail, all sorts of things that actually yeah. are really valuable. 
Um, I mean, we do also, you know, um, lots of organisations do this, but through Rise, obviously, we, you know, we partner with people that help with digital upskilling um, that mm. give you know, people some more kind of strings to their bow, I suppose, to, uh, you know, some some tech skills that they can they can talk they can use and talk to and, and we certainly um you know certainly help them think about kind of what they have done and what they're passionate about and how that could be applicable to what's required in a workplace. Um so you know young people who have really been into kind of gaming and things or well, what you know what does that how does that yeah. help you um you know rather than seeing that as something over here that you know on the side it's actually something that kind of has you know, is it gives you an aptitude for certain yeah. things. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of gamers build their own PCs, right? Like yeah. that's value, really valuable experience for like a help desk role. Um, you know, talking to people about how to use their hardware and stuff. And again, like you say, that customer service piece. Um, not every um, you know tech focused person who has the knowledge has the customer service. And if you've yeah. got end that's users. The yeah, if you've got end users who really struggle with their technology, you've got to be really patient and really yeah. good with explaining things. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And, that, and that's certainly, you know, it's, and I think sometimes for, for the young people we work with, they haven't really kind of spotted that connection. You know, they see mm. perhaps this first job as just something that they're doing, it earns them some money. And, yeah. you know, and, and sort of, you know, we, we often talk to young people about that, about transferable skills actually around what, ha- what have you gained from that and how would that add value? If we look at this job, ad or this opportunity what you know how do, sort of getting them to really think about how these two things actually could be linked in terms of what what is this job looking for and how what, how does how is what you have done you know fit with that um yeah. so that you really can sort of sell yourself um rather than just you know it's a thing on my cv it's actually something that is helping me and would help this organization you know if i joined them definitely and on the note of tech, um, women are drastically underrepresented in STEM. What can the industry do, do you think, to start shifting that pattern? Um, it's interesting. Um, we as talent have recently done a, um, a survey, Women in Tech, Are We There Yet? Which I don't know whether you've had a chance to see. But <laughs> interestingly, you know, it sort of had a massive overlap with what we found out because funnily enough, when we when we did our piece of work and our Beyond the Figures report, we discovered that whilst a lot of people wanted to retrain in tech, women were far less likely to want to do that. Um, yeah. And I think that's partly because, you know, it's start, you know, women don't really see themselves. They don't see themselves particularly in, in tech. So I think um, there's a number of things that can happen. I think um, industry has a role at, you know, at, at school level, I think, to, um, mm. to kind of inspire young women, young girls um, into kind of STEM subjects. Um, and help them see see themselves in those kind of jobs. And I think, yeah. um, you know, tech is so broad as well. You know, I think that's the other interesting thing, actually, you know, op- offering opportunities of work experience in, you know, tech businesses, which can be anything from a tech business, that's, you know, doing HR for businesses. It's not always just hardcore mm. kind of, you know, coding. There's tech, yeah. is, you know, has so many, you know, broad applications um, across everything. So I think sort of seeing... You know, um, industry helping young women see tech more broadly, um, and and how tech is applicable to everything from marketing to HR to some of the other areas that you know might ultimately feel more appealing. Um, yeah. Kind of providing work experience and opportunities to actually see the breadth of that. Um, and I think the other thing is 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 mentors actually. Um, I think something that's really powerful that we really learn, you know, with young people and and 
you know, creating sustainable careers is having those people that they that they you know get advice from that can help them. Mm. Um, so I think you know, mm. women, women in in the industry kind of really supporting and, and mentoring, um, you know, younger women is a really important element of kind of encouraging more young women into into tech. Em, you've had you've had mentors. I have, yeah, and um, I my favorite singer actually, Mole Rat, who I'm just I'm a diehard fan. <laughs> she is in um in the music industry at her concerts. She always talks about like representation and how because she produces all her songs and she brings mm. um her road crew with her and she has all female um you know lighting people DJs like strictly female and she always gives this little spiel at the end and she says. And like my rock star team of women, because you can't be what you can't see. And I just love that because yeah. you can't, like, you can't yeah. be what you can't see. You need representation matters and you need to have good mentors to be able to envision yourself in those positions as well. Yeah, that's so true. It really, it really makes a huge difference. Um, you know, and, it, and a little goes a long way, I think, actually. You know, it doesn't mm. it just being able to see those people and just, yeah, sort of, you know, see possibility. Um, really kind of uh, opens opens people's eyes to you know what I, what I could do actually. Um, yeah, really, and you're right. Yeah. It comes down to you know you've got to get that interest early because if you catch someone in you know year eleven or twelve, they've already set themselves on a particular path with their subject choices, and you mm-hmm. know they've maybe missed out on some prerequisites for uni degrees, and it, it then becomes a lot harder to go down mm-hmm. that STEM path. So you've got to inspire that interest kind of in early high school, um, yeah. really. I think, and there's yeah a couple of programs that I've been involved with previously that try to do that for people. Um, not women in particular, but just everyone in general to kind of say, if you want a career in this this area, you're going to have to start thinking about that now um, to keep that um, door open for yourself. Yeah. And we've had, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've sort of done successfully is have kind of employer workshops. So we'll, you know, an employer will sort of set something up and young people will come in and we'll have a day where they'll suddenly actually see the breadth of what those jobs could ah. be. Um, which is which is a fabulous opportunity to to actually kind of open their eyes to possibilities. Um, yeah, get a chance just even breaking down what what each job means, right? Like mm. from the outside, yeah. as someone who's who's not technical, um, you know, I've done a little bit of tech recruitment, and as soon as you kind of discover, ah, oh, that's actually a really interesting role that you've got there, even though it's got a very technical name. Um, right. You know, there might be a bit of creativity involved, a bit of automation. Um, so yeah, I think seeing understanding what what it even means um, is yes. really important too. Um, so, what's your biggest piece of advice for employers? Because they're one of the you know the groups that can really help address this crisis. Um, what are the, some of the things that they might be able to do? Um, I mean, I think fundamentally, you know, we, we kind of say give young people a chance. I think we, you know, our, our real mm. call out base of this report is really think about you know what could be an entry-level role in your organization um and, you know where where can you take a chance and, and where can you create an opportunity for people with with less experience mm. um and and really uh, yeah just be, pre- be prepared to to give someone that opportunity and accept that actually you can do a lot of training on the job you know for many of many young people that they've got a lot of potential they may not have the kind of ed- the credentials or the experience at this point, but they've kind of got the right skills um, yeah. and competencies to be successful. And actually, I guess our, our kind of encouragement to employers is, is you know, recognise there's potential, recognise that these young people bring a tremendous amount of benefit in, to your organisation in terms of, you know, diversity of thinking, 
innovation, you know, digital sort of savviness um, and actually be mm. prepared to kind of back them and uh, and then, you know, acknowledge that they'll be training to be done on the job. Um, but that's, you know, you've got the kind of rough diamond, I guess, and then, uh, and then yeah. you kind of really help. You know, I actually, I think one of the, the big... Um... I guess, arguments against, you know, not taking on someone who's entry level is obviously that it takes quite a lot of time and energy to to do the -the on-the-job training when you're not starting, um, you know, with someone who's done the role before. Um, But my suggestion is, you know, find someone who, you know, wants to progress in their career, who's experienced, but kind of not at, not ready for that next manager level step yet. Um, and it can be a development opportunity for them to be able to train someone else, start practicing some of those management coaching skills. Um, and you've kind of ticked two boxes um, in one go. You're developing a young person, but you're also giving a progression opportunity um, to a member of your team who, you know, can be your succession plan. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, often young people, you know, if they come in and they learn and they grow, you know, they become, you know, they really become loyal to the organisation. Mm. They, you know, they really, you know, that you're kind of for an organisation taking a young person, then training them, you're, you know, you're training somebody to, to be part of your team for the long term. And, and you know, they're, you know, training them the way I guess you want things done. And <laughs> there's all yeah. sorts of advantages in, in actually having that opportunity to work with someone and, and upskill them in kind of your way. Um, yeah, I mean, a young person's probably going to be more loyal than a big top dog that might just see that as a next step. Or yeah, and on and the you're in that position that, right now. Like you, you know, yeah. how do you feel about your employer? They've taken you on, kind of more junior yeah, than maybe what they would huge. someone else. Um, this is the first time they've ever hired a graduate. Like they've always had very experienced people. So I feel so grateful for that because, yeah, that's just so amazing but even they've said like it's great because um a lot of people there's so many ways to do the job and a lot of people come from different organizations with different you know ways of doing things and it's great that like I'm just a little piece of clay and they get to just mold me (laughs) exactly how they want me to be so it's an advantage for everyone really and I'll probably be there for long term so you're a blank slate yeah I'm a I'm a clean canvas and that's, um, the win, but, that's the win, really, isn't it? I think actually, there's a, you know, it's giving someone an opportunity, um, you know, for which you know that's a great opportunity, and you get the chance to really, you know, you know, have the, the satisfaction of developing a young person, you know, in your mm. way of doing things as well, and, and get all the benefits of that. Um, Definitely, I think you know, it's you know, the other thing you know, I think we recognise is you know, young people thriving is important for all of us. Um, all of our futures you know mm. we, we um, it's beholden on all of us really to work out how we can really support younger people and give them a break and give them a chance because actually they are the future um and, and it's going to be really important that we we look for ways to to actually ensure that they get get, get that first chance and that first opportunity mm, yeah and on the flip side of that advice what's your best piece of advice for the young people that are struggling to find work in this climate mm. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I think there's something about having to persevere. Um, you know, yeah. We, we say to young people, you know, you, you do, it is a bit of a numbers game. You do have to kind of keep going and, mm. you know, send out, send out CVs, you know, tr- try and, and find a kind of a mentor, someone to help you. You know, think about your network. Who do you know? Do you know anybody who's doing similar jobs to the ones you're interested in? You know, can you talk to them? What can you learn? Mm. Um really think about your transferable skills you know what have you done in school in a sports club you know when you've been you know volunteering what are all the things you've done and what 
could that give you? So when the, you when you look at a, a job ad, you actually think about your broader experience um, and not just kind of any work experience, but what yeah. actually can you also bring to the table to really help you stand out in terms of the things that the job is actually asking for. Awesome. Um, and to, to kind of round us out here, what services does RISE offer for young people and where can they find them? Um, well, Talent RISE um, basically runs a kind of various, I guess, work readiness um, initiatives and programs. Mm. Um, so we have workshops, as I mentioned, sometimes with employers, sometimes um, you know, we run them internally. Uh, we do coaching and mentoring. And we have access to training, um, some digital and other sort of training avenues. Um, so uh, young people can find us at talentrise.org through our website and register interest. We're obviously also talentrise on, uh, on all the social, social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um tiktok etc um oh, so really, awesome <laughs> and really we'll we know to follow we, you just uh, yes just um to reach out and and yes we, you know, obviously there's other organizations like ours but you know we're really committed to seeing how we can support young people um just to to give them i guess the confidence and the skills to to be successful um, in their first roles amazing i think that's everything from our end is there anything else you wanted to add um no I think just um you know I just I guess to reiterate you know I guess we believe there's so much potential in young people um and really for employers you know to give to give them a chance I think um you know it's uh, there's everything to gain and nothing to lose um <laughs> by taking taking a chance on, on a young person um, and just seeing if you can uh, can leverage that potential Oh, love it. Thank you so much Amazing. for joining us today, Karen. Um, have a wonderful rest of your day and um, thanks for sharing all of your expertise. That's yeah, very I'm nice sure everyone will find that super valuable. Yeah, well, and, so and feel validated as well that they're not alone. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify or better yet, tell someone about the show and help them land their dream job. That's how we hit the charts and we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at interviewboss. If we've been your job search besties and helped you in some way, there's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.